Fenboy Modeling School. Hello and welcome to Fanboy Modeling School, the only podcast decent enough to pull your hair when we f*** you from behind. I am your host, <laughs> The Fat Mantis, and here is my co-host, Steve. <laughs> Steven, you don't like the new intro that I was been working on? You know what? I, I, it, it, like Alka-Seltzer in a soda, it caught me completely off guard. <laughs> Dude. Sorry, I was trying to switch it up because you know we live in the age of chaos where people can just say whatever they want. Apparently, right. So right. I, I wanted to, to experiment and feel what what it is to be president. No, I get you, man. Uh, being president is is extremely important. I want to talk to you about something, man. I you know how I know that I watch too much TV. Do you want to know how I know this? I've started. I, I would like to know. I, I've started laughing at my top 10 favorite commercials and when they come on i'm more interested in my favorite commercial than i am the show so there's one commercial that makes me laugh non-stop and this could just be a sign of old age have you ever seen that commercial where the guy is basically like a life coach and he's teaching people how not to be their parents after they buy a home yes 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 and he's like <laughs> we're on speakerphone inside the store is that a good idea is that a good idea yeah no it's hysterical or like the person walks by and there you look up he's like i see it we all see it. It's blue hair. We understand. <laughs> he's like, the guy's just talking to the other dude. He's like, I'm sorry. Did, did, he, did he ask you for your help? And he's like, no. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> no, that's a good one. That's a real. How the hell are you hanging, Mantis? How how you living, bro? Um, I am. Yo, I'm having a freaking crazy one. Uh, other than the normal stuff that's tearing down society, like our election and the fact that we don't have a president. But I'm actually doing NaNoWriMo so my brain I'm, I'm only five days in i've lost my mind already wait what are you uh, doing nanorimo what is that nanorimo yeah nanorimo is an acronym for stands for national novel writing month oh so okay every every november um it's it's basically a challenge you join this social website just for the month and you put in a challenge and other writers and community people basically pressure you it's basically like communal shame uh-huh. To write a fifty thousand uh, word uh, novel by the end of the month. Nice. So you have a quote <laughs> on what you need to write. You need to write every day. It's like you know, it's to work your writing muscle. But at the end of it, you're expected to have the first draft of a novel. Holy. So so, so far every day I've been writing, trying to hit two thousand words. I have not hit my two thousand words yet, um, but I've been struggling. T- today was particularly depressing because I worked my ass off. And finally, when I put it into the computer, or the website's like, and I see the total, and the total was one less word than I wrote yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like when you see, you know, when you're looking at the clock and something goes backwards. It yeah, yeah. Backwards, yeah. Like, you, know? <laughs> you know what's amazing about that? Well, well, first of all, congratulations on that, man. That's, that actually oh, sounds really you. amazing, man. Uh, well, wait, can, it's a can, great, it's, I'm having an amazing experience. Don't get me wrong. Can you give us a I'm little, bitching, uh, a little, uh, a little uh, taste of what you're writing about. What's the what's the general synopsis? Sell me on it. I'm a fat I'm not, I'm not publisher, I'm, and you sell me on this book right now. No, 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 because I'm not ready to go into plots with people right now. Because okay. I, might cha- I might end up changing stuff by the end of it. It's it's it ends up being very rough first draft. Okay. Um, but I will tell you that I'm. Uh, it's just like a story that I wanted to do before. Um. It's and it's about you know it's a space. Uh. It's a space opera. Of course, romance. Space um. Opera. 
yeah, and, yeah, no, there's a little jungle fever in there. You know, you know people with ray blasters, cyborgs. It's very <laughs> cool. Man. It's very, very cool. You know, and my my uh, protagonist, he gets laid a lot. Uh, makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> I would but love. I, 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 would I don't love know if a lot of people know, but a lot of I I write a lot of horror and science fiction, but I also like a lot of romance. I like I like to write cheesy romance. There's nothing wrong with that. I feel as if though. Like I remember the one issue of romancing this uh the cosmos that I was in, and I was like, oh, he's really onto something. It's very pulp, short stories, one cohesive universe. I dig it, but I, I feel as if though for some reason whatever you're writing now probably isn't for consumption by polite society. I just like if it's the first draft that came from your mind, it's 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 probably pretty dangerous stuff. I would say. Oh uh, yeah, there's the, the, some dangerous stuff because actually uh, a large chunk of it takes place in the fifties. Okay. And I use old school, like I'm writing it the way a 1950s person would narrate it. <laughs> and so I'm using words that like would not be appropriate nowadays to describe people. Like what? <laughs> like, like colored or? <laughs> oh, I definitely, colored is the tame one. Yeah. Colored is the tame one. But like, um, I'm saying, I'm, I'm just writing it as, like, if you've ever read like a, a, a James Bond novel, because those were written in those days. And, you know, it's just like old school um there's no way an editor is going to let me publish it even if i'm like well the guy is from the 50s they're gonna they're gonna be like no 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 there's no time in america that we're where i've called the 50s don't know what you're talking about well speaking of the 50s man shout out and rest in peace to sean connery dude i did not i didn't talk to you that day uh oh no man and it's crazy because the election and all the madness people basically skipped over it yeah he's not getting a lot of press on this I feel like he didn't get enough press the day it happened. Like this, this is a big deal, right? Like this is Sean Connery we're talking about. Like I can't think of many scandals that he was mixed up in. You know, maybe. No, yeah, he's been in a, a zillion movies. Yeah, been in a, tons of stuff. League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, one of the greatest movies <laughs> ever made. Right, right. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, but I mean, he's the it's certainly the best Bond ever. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, like, I I agree with that statement totally. I just think, you know, he's he's had a, a career throughout his entire life. I bet you people would care more if, like, Betty White from the Golden Girls died. Well, But Sean Connery, the legend, is a joke to them. Well, here's the thing. You know, uh, Betty White has managed to keep herself very relevant. <laughs> like, and she's apparently hilarious, too. <laughs> I think she's a sweetheart. I think a lot of work that she has done. But the joke of uh, Betty White doing something that old people shouldn't do, that <laughs> joke that they keep redoing, yeah. uh, it's a little played right now. <laughs> so the funny thing about, uh, about Connery, though, man, he has not been active. I feel like Liam Neeson has stolen all of his mojo, <laughs> to be completely honest with to you. Be, uh, well, but to be real, he is... Uh, 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 I mean, he's old, but, but Liam Neeson is <laughs> the new Sean much Connery. Younger. He's much younger than Sean Connery. The, I think Sean Connery required because he was getting old. He was getting on in the years. He couldn't, he couldn't, uh, he couldn't hack it, you know? You know what the crazy there thing is? There has to be a time you stop. You know, you can't. Not everyone can keep acting until their 90s. No, no. You, just, you can't keep acting. can't keep playing basketball or fighting, as Anderson Silva just learned uh, this weekend recently. <laughs> um, crazy thing, man. Uh, did you know that Sean Connery was sent a script for the Matrix 2 and 3 to be the, uh, I believe his name is the architect or the... Uh, yes. And he would have made a perfect architect. The guy, so, who, the, who the Colonel Sanders looking dude. <laughs> yes. So here's the thing. Sean Connery, his words, received a script and he turned it down because he couldn't quite make sense of what was happening. Said it didn't make it. <laughs> and in retrospect, 
I, I, I agree with that statement. The writers <laughs> didn't understand what was happening. <laughs> they had too many things bubbling in the future. No, Nothing I could get into I, right now, but... They, I will I, say... They had some stuff going on, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I would say that even though it didn't fully make any sense, that particular scene is one of the greatest scenes in science fiction history. It is the conversation you assume that any MCU that Victor Von Doom... I have in my mind, right... I have these milestone moments that are going to happen in MCU, DC, all that stuff. One of which for the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be the monologue we've been owed for the the first real monologue between Victor Von Doom and Reed Richards is going to be epic. And if they don't nail that, everything else will fall at the wayside. Mark my words. Right. You heard it here first. That first real monologue of Victor Von Doom as Dr. Doom with Reed Richards has to be amazing because that's how I felt the first time I watched The Architect and that scene with Keanu Reeves. I was like, whoa, this is a this is pretty amazing. There hasn't been a fight in about 20 minutes or so. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like glued to my seat. I remember just sitting there like, this is they they really stepped it up. <laughs> yo, and I, yo, I, yo, I, I want to say bravo to you. That is absolutely perfect the way you described it. That it's not just a monologue, but I, I have to say that to make the Fantastic Four work, you have to make Victor Von Doom work. Yes. And in the last two incarnations of of Fantastic Four, they him completely wrong. So even the things they got right about the team falls apart because they don't have their villain. Absolutely. Right. He's like the fifth member of the team, really. Yeah, he He's anchors the fifth him. member of the. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. The, the crazy thing is, uh, man, we're about to go on a tangent, but that's why I love Thursdays. So the crazy thing about uh, about Doctor Doom, just like Lex Luthor, right? So many other peripheral superheroes orbit into his world, but if you get if you get Doom wrong, you get so many other things wrong, right? So I expect that at some point. The MCU's Doctor Doom will come across Doctor Strange, and I've got it laid out in my head already. You know that whole story arc where Victor wants to get his mom back from Mephisto? Boom. You've already worked in the hellscape for MCU if you do a meetup with him and Doctor Strange. But right. you have to nail Doom. He can't. There is no point in his comic history and canon, and I've looked, besides when he was a child, when he was unsure of himself, right? Once he became. You know, he came into his powers, you know, the the magic and stuff like that. And, and it depends on which incarnation of Doom because they've read Condom a few times. But you have to get Doom right from the gate. And I think that yeah. Doom versus Doctor Strange would be as epic as that brief moment we got where it was Doctor Strange versus Thanos. I know you know what I'm talking about. There was a yeah. moment when I went to go see Infinity War when those two squared up because it was this whole fan theory like, well, Doctor Strange started by comicbooks.com. That Doctor Strange is one of the few villains, uh, superheroes who can defeat Thanos with the Infinity Gauntlet. I was like, well, that that doesn't make any sense. No, that make any sense. <laughs> but that brief moment, and it sold the movie when you see Strange meet up with Thanos uh, they, when they're standing across from each other. You have to have that same type of moment with Doctor yeah, Doom. Yeah, yeah and like you know, Doc, I, I think that I would say Doctor Doom is one of probably only three actual Marvel-wide villains, like of like ones who threaten the entire Marvel universe. Because I think that every every single team or solo mm -hmm. hero has had a, a issue or a series of issues where Doctor Doom has been the dread of their lives. Yes, and Magneto can't say that. Like nope. Thanos can say it. Galactus can say it. Magneto can't say it, or like any of these other guys. 
Do you know what I mean? To 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 agree with you one hundred percent and then take it another twenty. He is the I challenge comics explained, comics historian. You guys cannot fight me on this. He is the only earthbound villain that is a universal threat. One hundred percent. Kang the Conqueror. He teamed up with Doctor Doom and regretted his decision in the Infinity War. Right, in, in the real Infinity War. Daniel, I love that. I freaking love that because he thought that he had he had the edge on Doctor Doom. And when I was a kid, I was reading and I was like, "Don't trust Doom, you idiot! Don't trust him." <laughs> Dude, the only the only thing better than that was at the end of Infinity Crusade when Mephisto finally thinks he has one over on Thanos, and Thanos is like, "I gave you a fake cosmic." Cube. It's a thing I do. <laughs> it's like I give out fake trinkets no. and I make people believe that it's real. But none of that has anything to do with Sean Connery. I'm just saying that, like, it's you know, I'm gonna miss him, man. I'm gonna miss the thought. It's it's crazy to think that you and I are at a point in our lives where people that we have watched growing up are starting to perish. And uh, you know, but we still got Schwarzenegger, we still got Stallone, Danny Glover, I believe, is still hanging in there, right? Okay, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna kick it very real with you right now. Um, the only real permanence is life is impermanence. Right. And I'm I'm prepared for every motherfucker on this planet that I've ever loved or cherished or even like <laughs> to die and to die before me. And it's gonna happen. It's probably gonna happen. And I I'm just ready, man. I'm just ready. So I, I, I'm I not totally blown away by this concept where people are dropping like flies. <laughs> I, I I'm I'm with you, man. It's happened throughout my life, and it's gonna keep mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> you know what the crazy thing is? <laughs> Sorry to be a bummer, guys. <laughs> oh, by the way, uh, shout out to the audio listeners. We're up to a cool 54 plays on Anchor with three oh, videos. Cool. Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> uh, climbing up there. And for those of you that just heard uh, Roy's monologue of his soliloquy of doom. Keep yeah, listening because it's going to be more. It is, kids. Just telling you how it is. <laughs> Make sure your kids are tuned into this one. We've made this age appropriate. <laughs> Nothing is real. Love is a lie. Give up now. Give up your dreams. <laughs> we had a and great. Don't vote because it's. All, it's, a scam. Vote, it's, a, it's a scam. It's a scam. We had a great show last week, man. Uh, we had. We rock. had an amazing one. And how crazy it is that that was only seven days ago where we have we had our our true crime thing and to, at this point we've gone through Halloween. We've gone through, a, you know, an election, all sorts of shenanigans. The Mandalorian, like I feel, yo, it feels like this week has been uh, like a thousand years. And, you right? know, you know what's crazy too, man. I missed your big cumbersome ass. I was like, man, there were a few things I wanted to call you on, but I was like, you know what? We'll talk on the show. I don't want to steal the yes. energy. <laughs> I'm like, I should call Steve. And I was like, ah, he's busy with the kids. You know, I'll talk to him. I'll catch up with him on Thursday. Most and now of, there's a thousand things. Uh, most of the time, I spend my day trying to avoid them. Like, I come out the bathroom and I see him. I'm like, oh, shit. They're right there. <laughs> no. Sorry, babe. I'm telling you. I, I love them. I, I don't avoid them. But, dude, what do you want to kick it off with first? So I, 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 I think we have, we have to get into the election. We have to get into what's going on here. You know, uh, white elephant. You know, yeah. You got any thoughts, man? Um. So, none that are scientific or based in any fact. I am about to go full scale emotive. Here's love what it. I, here's I, what I love. It. Please bring it. I want that emotion, raw emotion. Here's what I think. Right. I think that Democrats. I'm not even talking about progressive. Progressives. I think that Democrats, mainline Democrats underestimated what was about to happen in this election for him for trump being the him to get 
I believe it was 50% of the Cuban vote in, uh, in Florida. And then to see the rise in African-American votes, that's something that we need to look at. It's low-hanging fruit, right? You can say that troglodytes, bigots in the closet, all those people voted for him. I'm not ready to resign the rest of America to those two distinctions, right? I think there are a lot of middle lane people who vote for Trump because they feel like he's uh, protecting their interests. But I think it creeped people out a little bit. How many Latinos voted, male Latinos at that, voted for him and how many African-Americans came? Because people were saying things like, well, Kanye West is not going to be able to put, move the dial. Ice Cube isn't going to be able to move the dial. But apparently something has shifted. Now, historically, I don't know if you know this, but I'm sure you've heard it before. Prior to the civil rights movement, up until the point where JFK had been involved, African-Americans, I'm talking about African-Americans who had migrated from the South to the East, traditionally voted Republican. To see how many African-Americans voted Republican again, that's something the Democrats are going to have to come to to terms with. Because apparently that means, to me, nothing to base this off, that a lot of African-Americans, and I'm not speaking about Caribbean-Americans, I'm not speaking about Nigerian-Americans or people from the continent of Africa-Americans. I'm talking about African-Americans. Something's happened where there's a huge disconnect between them and the Democratic Party. And I think I know Um, what it is, but I'd be interested to hear you. Oh, wait, no, please tell me your theory. I would love to hear what your theory is. Mine is going to insult our our listeners, but I would love to hear yours first before I chase everyone out the door. I, I think that the the efforts of people like Candace Owens, Brandon Tatum, all that stuff, that's a small drop in what's actually happening. What's hap- finally happening is a lot of African-Americans are looking at this as a transactional thing, the whole building process, like so many other people groups. And it's like, you know what? I'm not going to vote my feelings any longer. I'm going to vote my interest based on your policies. And when you start looking at the fact that there are more, aff- more affluent African-Americans in this time, than there's ever been. And I'm talking about even back to like Black Wall Street. People are starting to see things a little bit different, right? And it's like, oh, wait, hold on for a second. The bar of success is raised to the point where what am I leaving behind for my kids? Also, I think they might be looking at the fact that, well, what has voting Democrat really gotten me all these years? And, you know, it's true. You know, it's it's, a lot of people are going to get mad at what I'm saying, but transactionally, what has voting Democrat got in African Americans? Most what 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 fruit has it yielded? Like what? <laughs> I mean, you're, you're I mean, you're 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 not wrong. <laughs> you know, um, dude, what has voting anybody gotten anyone? Absolutely, I think absolutely. It's, I think what it comes down to is um, the Democrats. Uh, you know, tend to. Uh, and I'm starting to insult anyone out there. They tend to promise things like they're like, we're going to make it better. And then when you look at the Republicans, they're like, well, I'm not promising you I'm making anything better, but I'll promise I'll leave you the fuck alone. <laughs> and, so that, and that goes so far, that goes so far, particularly in my voting ideas, that yeah. there are times where I'm like, I should vote Republican because I want to be left alone. And I don't, I, I don't want a law for everything. I don't want a law for everything. And that just seems to be the way the way Democrats patch everything up is like, we should make a law to change it. Let's have some law. It, you know, the Democratic Party, unfortunately, is this inaccessible thing that only like people with white privilege can even comprehend where everything's about um, it's about being white, white saviors and identity politics. 
Right. And so I can't vibe with them because I might be half white, but I really grew up in a black community. So I'm like, I'm like, I do not know where you're coming from, but you are totally unaccessible to me. Yeah. You know, these suburban white, like I said, these white saviors. So when they're yapping and they're going on, like, we're going to change the laws. We're going to govern everything, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I'd rather, I'd rather vote for the party that's just going to leave me the hell alone. No, and that yeah, that yeah. that makes that makes absolute sense. I think a lot of times, man, you nailed it on the head. The disconnect is the real problem, right? So let's say the Democrats take the White House, right, and eventually they take the House, and then eventually they take the Senate. Sorry if I got that wrong, but the problem is they've done nothing to reach out to the people who voted for Trump. Like there's something there that you need to look at, and I think the same thing happened when people voted for Obama. People wanted to look at the fact that they thought maybe people were just voting for a black president, and that's very well true. But the pros- the problem is you didn't do your research. Why did they vote for this man, right? I remember Meghan McCain had a huge argument, not a huge argument. She had a huge reaction to a uh, lifelong Republican who had who was saying openly that he was going to vote for Barack second term. Now this guy is a lifelong partisan told the red line Republican lives in middle America. She wanted to know what was different. You know, it was different for this man. This was his, his uh, key thing. Barack came down to the restaurant and talked to him. So he talked to him when the cameras were on, but then he spent yeah. even more time talking to him afterwards. Right. And the, to this man, this was extremely important because it gave him the time to, to kind of air his grievances as best you can in that scenario. But that meant something to him because it felt like someone was reaching not across the aisle, but coming to him as a constituent and saying, what is it that you need? How can I hear you? Even if right. I can. <laughs> exactly. That's how, and that's how a real leader leads. And I, I, you know, Biden talks about that. You no, know, here's what I'm saying. In all the, in the defense of being the devil's advocate and, and going on. Absolutely. I would say that we're at the point where both parties are like that. Oh, Even the Democrats aren't trying to understand Trumpsters. But Trump is not trying to understand liberals. Definitely not at all. Not. not at all. And that's the problem where we are. But it is a very troubling thing that, like, you're on, um, you know, I'm on Twitter the other day, and and you know, uh, you know, some once again, white privilege, wealthy uh, upper middle class woman, um, uh, tweets this thing where she says, yesterday, you know, whatever the number was, I think it was like six. She's like sixty. Six million people voted for racism <laughs> and i was like and i was like you haven't learned anything in four no. years that it's not just about racism it's not you're basically a little kid is someone who looks at the thing and is like anyone who supports trump must be a racist and there are so many subtleties and complications and so many different subgroups of people as to why they would vote for them but what it what it appears to be is that the enemies who voted against him have not tried to be understanding of who these people are they write them off as scum and low lives right and that's why they're so hostile against you if you're wondering why there are all these republicans or as like people like to say hillbillies protesting at the at the counting sites the reason why they have this hostility towards you is you hate them and you treat them like crap and you dismiss them yeah i had an argument with uh you know i'm not i'm not going to say who this person is but they were going on and they're, they're they were trying they were literally trying to argue that wyoming is so underpopulated it doesn't deserve three electoral votes but that was the like, exact reason that they made it. Well, quote unquote. But go ahead. Right, but you can't 
give them no power. You can't like a, a three electoral votes is completely almost a useless number. But to give them any less, it's like basically being like, well, you live in the rural areas, so we don't give a damn about you. And the fact that someone who's a liberal or something thinks that's an okay way to think is a toxic, horrible thing. But you see, and if any of our viewers are listening and, and actually believe that, they're like, well, if they're in the country, f them or whatever. Then you know what? Stop listening to our podcast. That's one hundred percent. That's one hundred percent a fact, and I second that. Here's the here's the thing, man, because you're touching on something that most people don't want to deal with, right? Which is they can't even say what's true. There's no deep rooted fundamental worldview there, right? It's just this is what I want, and I think that you're standing in an opposition of we can go into a whole bunch of stuff, right? Roe v versus Wade. We can go into the economic gap between men and women. But sometimes I'm not entirely convinced that those are the things that people really want to say. The thing people really want to say is that, like, I don't like this person, and I don't like that you represent that person. But you don't even understand that there is an entire story that goes with that person. Like, for the hillbilly or for – not that I want to equate hillbillies to Nazis because usually those two things are not synonymous. In fact, I've met quite a few people who would be who would be qualified as hillbillies, and they're just another – group of people i'm not even sure what distinguishes yeah. them as hillbillies they live in the mountains they live in rural areas unless they identify that, themselves as that i'm not i'm not entirely i'm not sure that's what it, what it is the discrimination yeah. it's a it's a derogatory and nasty word yeah. in my in my opinion yeah because they, they basically they're saying like you live in the country i don't i don't care to understand you i don't care to have a conversation with you i just want to write you so off and put you in I'm the box. write you off as some you're lesser than me yeah, right, so that's been – you know what's crazy, man? That's been one of, huge, one of the hugest benefits about living in the suburbs, marrying uh, the woman that I married. And for those of you who don't know, my wife is not white, you know, but she did grow up in the Catskills, New York, and she has an entire – her entire story and experience growing up there is enough to make me open my eyes and understand things from a different perspective. Whenever she talks to me, she has had a huge impact on me in regards to these things where it's like, I need to be doing a better job of understanding people, even if I disagree with them. And I always want to represent their, their points accurately. You're 100% right, Mantis. The problem with liberals and progressives, and the same thing is wrong with ultra conservatives and middle of the road conservatives, is that you're no longer looking at, at the argument of the other person you've assumed the point the point has taken on a life of its own and you're arguing some phantom but instead of just going using like and this is where i think people should just do a one-year poli sci course right just just sit down and really understand what politics are to be used for in political discourse at some point whether biden becomes president or trump becomes president we're all expected not to bend the knee but to walk to the table and say, this is what we demand. You are in charge now, and these are the interests that we want. And we're all supposed to do that. But at some point, you can see just a little bit that go, okay, I'll take 30. I was asking for 70, but I'll take 30% of what I'm asking. Right, and negotiation. <laughs> yeah. you, you start high, and then in the middle, the true compromise is you're, so, you're in the middle where both parties are like, oh, walking away, like, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just want, I want, I don't, you know, it seems like, I, yeah, I was playing devil's advocate. I don't want anyone out there to think that I'm a, a Trump supporter, that I voted for Trump. I voted for a third party. And, you know, I'm in New York, it's relatively safe. Yeah. Certainly thought Biden was going to do way better. I actually thought he was going to off the floor with Trump. I was completely surprised the way that was going. And that shows you something that 
there's there are people who are still loyal to him and, and all people get out of it is like they're like oh they're all just racist no there's something else man no there's something there's else something about there. it no I, yeah. I i mean if it was just trump i, I mean we can boil it down to a few different things but look at the the house uh man I get the house the senate anyway it always makes me feel stupid there were some other elections going on and we saw that an incumbent uh liberal I'm not even going to call him that because that's like a dirty word now. An incumbent Democratic <laughs> Democrat right. representative. He was ousted, right? He's still They're still waiting for the votes to come in. But there's something else that goes along with that. I think people look at things like defunding the police, not fully understanding what that means. You're screaming defund the police, but then you're, you know, if I'm just taking you at your word, that means you're saying that you want to get rid of law and order, right? And that's the thing. Like, there's no medium... There's no intermediary, uh, someone to kind of break these things down to other people. It's like, what you really should be screaming for is police reform. But when you say defund the police. Right. <laughs> right. And so we know we know what you're catering to when you right. say defund the police. Your signs say de absolutely de defund the police. And then everyone's other argument, they're like, well, it's not really defunding the police. We just don't think they should be armed armed to the teeth and like, like a military. And I'm like, well, did these shootings happen because they have that stuff? No, and it has nothing to do with their funding. Is why they shot shot people. No, you no. should be saying reform the police. No, no, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. It's so. If you were to say psychologically, let's demilitarize the police. Let's not make them like the military. See, I, I'm I'm in a unique position. In as that are you, be, Roy. That might be better. As are you, right? I recognize that. Not every time that the cops show up to the hood do they show up because of some, you know, act of aggression. Like, they're not an invading force. More often than not, there are people... When I lived in Chicago, man, whenever the cops showed up, they showed up because some shit was going down. Now, right. that's not to say that they weren't... There weren't some pricks. I remember going to the north side of Chicago, and a cop, basically at the age of, like, 14, put his hands around my neck and squeezed... You know, and escorted me away from a group where everyone was allowed to be. It was a Rolling Stones concert. I think it was like 14 or 15. And they were like playing on top of some roof. You know how old rock and roll bands do. And like these cops, you know, the north side of Chicago is a very weird place. Just like the south side of Chicago. And uh, they escorted me and my buddies out. They literally told us we had to go. Now, in that instance, we were innocent. We were doing nothing wrong. We were just literally kids walking up and down, trying to figure out why everyone's so happy to see a bunch of dancing old men up on the roof. <laughs> <laughs> now, there have been other times when I've been in, the, in Greenwich Village, excluding your company, where the cops have had to escort me out of somewhere, and I had it completely coming. I think when we start talking about defunding the police, we have to apply those lenses. For me, what happened? What's going on? How do we want to approach it? Let's take I, I it's easy to get angry really quickly, but it's like come on. Right, you know? right. I, 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 do, do you do you think that if, if his precinct didn't have access to a tank or a SWAT gear or bulletproof vest, that he wouldn't have squeezed your throat? Exactly. <laughs> because the funding has nothing to do with anything. You need police reform and that's it. And what it is is saying defund caters to anarchists and people who are angry um angry at the police, people who put on their Twitter or uh Instagram a cab. If someone's like an a cab person, they're like that's what defunding basically in in my opinion. No, no. We, I think you're No, but like Tom Ocas
Yo, I, I, I think Tom Brokaw said it really well during during election night. Did you see that when he came on no. ABC? Were you watching that at all? No, what did he say? They got Tom, you know, Tom Brokaw, old school reporter. Um, and so they brought him in and they were like, how do you analyze how many, you know, how do we understand how many people are voting for Trump right now? And he's like, well, the left, and he's like, well, you know, in all my years of, you know, analyzing elections, it looked like, you know, the left had some great momentum when, uh, you know, it was finally revealed that the police were shooting um, unarmed black people for small, small infractions or no infractions at all. It was horrible. He's like, however, um, people trying to disguise the violent protests as peaceful protests, and it became a crime wave in all the cities that lasted several months, did not help that, that momentum, and they started moving the other way. And you could tell how uncomfortable the reporters of ABC are because, yeah. you know, they're under, they're under yeah, gag order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, never admit that it's, it's – it's, yep. yeah, never admit that it's violent. And so they had to be like, uh, okay, yeah, thanks, and move on. Yeah, this veteran reporter who's not controlled by the strings of ABC anymore just told it like it is. No, I, I wanted to like applaud him. No, no, uh, man, I could go on about this for hours. I feel like we should have someone there to represent the other interests, but that's the honest to god truth, right? Like at a certain point, the protests were no longer peaceful. I've had conversations with people I care about in this subject, and it's like it really does boil boil down to each group, each movement, knowing who's amongst them and how to control that. Once you start a movement, I'm sorry, this is just my opinion, but I think it holds true. You are responsible for anyone that shows up to your rally. You are 100% responsible for that. And there's a reason that the Black Panthers responded to people the way that they did at their rallies. There's a reason that the Nation of Islam responded and responds to anyone who, who claims to represent them and is amongst them. There's a there's a reason for this, and uh, it's so it's so easy to be like, oh well, we we weren't being violent. This random guy showed up and started throwing rocks. Yeah, <laughs> and no, you're right. If you're the leader, you need to sh- shut that down, man. Absolutely. And I understand why they want to hold them accountable, the leaders, because they could be saying something. And if you have a psycho in the crowd who's acting like that, you you, you need to stop it. No, because one, your words can be held held. No, one hundred percent. Um, one of the biggest things. Uh that you can look at in history, you know, the assassination of Malcolm X. No one wants to take credit for that. Right. But most people, most intelligent people think that it was, uh, you know, executed by the nation of Islam. If that's not true, you just disavow it and say it's not true. But the problem there was that there have been people who have worked their ways, their way into Malcolm's inner, not inner circle, but into that group, into that larger group. I mean, wasn't the gunman, he was from the, the nation the gun- of Islam. No, I, he was, but I'm saying, wasn't he like sent there as an assassin to be yeah. like, oh, I, I want to learn your ways? Alleged- and he allegedly. Started learning their ways. Allegedly, yeah. yeah. And they've, they've spun that story into a few different things, but it's the truth, man. It's like you and I started an organization. You and I are responsible for every member that comes in, whether we want to believe that or not. It's just the truth. Anything that has an ideology, anything that has a grounding principle, once we start recruiting members, you're responsible for those members. So if someone goes off and does some way out shit, you're on to that. And uh, the thing with the, you know, God rest his soul, George Floyd, that's a larger conversation. It's not as large, but there's a lot of information to unpack there. And not really. The fact of the matter is there were some people, I believe, who were really, really, really moved by what happened. And there was some people who took, op- you know, took it for granted. 
and those were the people uh, that Antifa. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. Like, if you're not if you're not accustomed to subcultures bursting into other subcultures, that's what you got to see. You got to see Antifa or people claiming to be Antifa or whatever, however you want to phrase it, because they're not really like a monolithic group, right? There's no right, figure. Right, there's right, no right. figure. They have different chapters. Yeah, they just worked their way Black in. Lives, you know, Black Lives Matter is like that too. That each chapter is like different, and some yeah. are like radical, like the Black Panthers, yeah. and others are just like, let's sing Kumbaya. Yeah, it's funny because one of the Black Panther, uh, Black Panther, Black Lives Matter uh, leaders met with the Proud Boy leaders, and they had like this long conversation. And at the end, the Proud Boy leader was like, "We're happy to stand here united with Black Lives Matter, understanding blah 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 blah." And then the Black Lives Matter leader was basically like, we want them to leave us alone. This is after like two hours of conversation. <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, yo, it's, it's just we're, we're so divided at this point. And, and, and you know, we, they need, we need to start reaching to the, um, you know, the disenfranchised people. And that true, that's including Trump supporters. And that's including like every, everyone who feels like they're getting... They're getting canned and stuff, and and so I, I still want the best. I'm, I'm about to get really cheesy with with the Go audience. Go for it. Go for it. Um, so there's a you know some story about a white supremacist about how he changed his ways. I know and this it story. Was because, it, you know the story because the, uh, the 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 black guy hugged him. Yeah. And so they were apparently at a rally. They were at a counter protesting, and they came up close to each other. And like the black guy, they asked him, they're like, "Well, well what what made you think to give him a hug?" And he said, in the history of mankind, I don't think anyone has thought to change their mind and join your side by getting punched in the face. <laughs> loving, loving them has always pro- has proven – has a good track record. So he just gave him a hug in the middle of this rally, and there's, like, pictures of it. Yeah. And, and, and he just hugged him for a while. And then after a while, the guy was, like, started to think about his own ways. Now, of course, in the real world, I do not advise going to hug any Nazis. <laughs> okay, kids? Do not go hug a Nazi unless your parent is there. Okay? But- <laughs> Listen, one of the most famous uh, rehabilitation stories is one that is not told often enough. I won't say famous. One of the most beautiful stories I've ever heard. You remember the group Ace of Base? Oh, I do. Do you know there the like guy? Norwegian or something? Yeah, you know the guy that was in the group, Ace of Base. I saw the I saw sign. sign. Yeah, the guy <laughs> that's in there was a bona fide European Nazi. Now, I don't want to confuse anyone. There is that's so funny considering their music is so like yes, yeah. So there are levels to this game, right? Nazis from Europe. If we're just talking about skinheads tend to be more educated in the literature that they would read. They've actually read Mein Kampf. Uh, they were a bit more indoctrinated with a pure form of Nazism. They're, I've encountered them before. They're a different type of Nazi. They're not your run-of-the-mill, Lower East Side, wannabe skinheads, doesn't know. The 1488 thing, which is not unique to America, they're different in Europe. Like When I say skinheads are different, they're different in Europe. Right, right. That uh, guy. In America, they'll be like some bored and doesn't know what he's doing. Exactly. And they're like, yo, we want to be a skinhead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. It's Let's Wednesday. Do it. <laughs> the, the crazy thing is that guy famously was a Nazi, was a uh, practicing Aryan. Damn, yeah, that's crazy. And, and found, a, I, don't, I don't know the backstory to it fully, but it's something changed him. And then there's also a famous um, situation with a, an, uh, an SS member who basically took a woman captive 
that woman was captive in his internment camp. Long story, very, very short, because I can't get into all the particulars without this channel getting, uh, you know, banned or anything like that. But basically, it was when the Nazis were being tried as war criminals. And this guy was not being tried as a war criminal, if I remember the story correctly. But he saw one of his victims, and he basically broke down in tears and asked for her forgiveness. And she forgave him, which a lot of people would have problems with. I don't know what the legal recourse was. I'm sure maybe if people found out he was a Nazi, there were some legal actions taken against him since it was, a, you know, a counsel for war crimes. But he did ask for forgiveness and she granted it to him. And I, I, I agree with the guy who hugged the Nazi, man. Uh, I've yet to see a person be turned by a punch to the face. Not that that won't persuade them. Sometimes you got to punch a person in the face to get them right where you need them. Like, hey. Let's talk. <laughs> you got to punch him in the face so you can hug him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get off. The, but wait, wait, wait. We were supposed to be talking about actual politics. So your boy Trump is. Excuse me. <laughs> Viewers, I'm not a Trump supporter. <laughs> but anyway, you're saying Trump. So Pennsylvania is within a razor's edge. By the time people see this video, we'll ha we'll probably have a president <laughs> by this point, right? Yo, it is going to be Christmas Eve before we get one, and somehow it's going to be Stacey Abrams. <laughs> the crazy thing is, like, so they Fox called it for Arizona, and then everyone's like, "Don't do that, don't do that." But it turns out, I don't even know if Arizona's been fully counted yet. It's back out of, out of play. It's back out of play. So you notice every time I wake up, Biden has his numbers are fluctuating. It's like sometimes he's like six. He's like sixty-eight. Yeah. He's like fifty-three. Tomorrow he's gonna be one hundred nine or some some, <laughs> some some shit because they call him way too early. But Arizona's apparently out of, out of play again. Uh, N Nevada, he's in the lead, but I don't know what's he going being on. who. Um, uh, Biden's in the lead. Uh, you know that that's been kind of bluish on the map. Okay. Uh, uh, going on. Trump needs to, even if he wins on the places that he's in the lead of, he doesn't get 270. So I don't even understand why this keeps going. His highest count that he can get in, in the places that he's in the lead of is 265. So if Arizona flips, so this is the way I understand it. If it flips, is it? if it turns out it's actually Trump and then he gets Pennsylvania, that's that's no, it. he'll he will also need he will also need Georgia and North Georgia. Carolina, which he's in the lead of anyway. So. Yeah, and then that's it. Then he's also launched a legal. Uh, you know, <laughs> Trump is like a, a a squeegee rapper. He's like a diss track rapper. You know, he's not taking any chances. He's like, I'm dropping track after track after track. <laughs> and, you know, and you know what's funny? I've been trying to explain this to people. A lot of people think that like Rudolph Giuliani is Trump's. Uh, you know, is Trump's lawyer he is not trump's lawyer no, he's no, trump's no, no. clown who <laughs> happens to be a lawyer trump has a army of lawyers who like we don't even know of yeah, yeah you know what i mean they're not like famous lawyers but they're like super powerful they do all his work giuliani's the idiot who gets in front of the camera and makes a scandal and makes a fool and causes chaos to distract us from what he's really what trump is really doing Crazy thing right. about this. No, 100%. Giuliani's heyday as a uh, litigator, uh, as, as a lawyer, is it's over. So it's hard to believe that this is the same guy that prosecuted the Gambino family. I can't even believe that. that this is the same dude. I have my theories. I have my theories now. But it's, it's absolutely amazing to me. So what does this mean? No. For, what does it mean for Biden, right? 
So Kamala Harris. Real quick, wait, super real quick. It. Before we go on to that, I got I got to really quickly go, go for go go it. Do it. You know, Giuliani is mobbed up for a different crime family. And so they they were the ones who orchestrated the ends of the Gambinos. And they're like, you're going to be the guy who prosecutes them. But really, they did all the legwork. Boom. It could very, <laughs> it could be very, very well be true. But uh, so we, you know, you and I grew up in the city, right? We, we, we're there. We're, we're in the thick of it. We are actually a minority now. In a minority, we are minorities that actually grew up in the city, and we didn't come from other places. Believe it or not, a lot of people think I'm from Chicago. Now it's Whiteville. It's Whiteville. I, I am not from <laughs> Chicago. I'm actually from New York. I just, yeah, you know, I, I, I did my thing in Chicago for a little while. I had a good time there. Yeah, but, you did. You did a lot of time. I was about to say you did time. It sounds like you did. We're in jail. No, uh, <laughs> you know, you, you. I was yeah, there for like four or five you years. Paid some though. dues there. Paid some dues there. Here's the thing about the you know the Gambinos, Giuliani, and all these guys, man. I think Roy's right. I think it's pretty weird that he kind of came out of nowhere. I actually, I'm going to be watching a four part documentary that's coming on uh and uh NSBC, whatever the channel's name is. Dude. I don't, I don't know, dude. Yeah, all these letters these days, all these damn letters. <laughs> but it's basically going to chronicle <laughs> two two of the people I'm most interested in. Famous people that just mysteriously blew up in New York City. Donald Trump, Giuliani, and two other people who don't need to be named. But the two most important people for this show's sake, Giuliani and Donald Trump. And apparently, like, there was a time where their paths crossed multiple times in New York. And Giuliani just blew up out of nowhere. I think I agree with you, man. I think he was a part of another crime syndicate. It's it's the only thing that makes sense. He's a he's a yeah, moron. Absolutely. He's a moron. America's mayor. I, like I'm not buying that nonsense, dude. Like it, you were there on 9/11. What did he do? <laughs> I'm still yeah, trying no, to no, I... <laughs> Don't even get me started on Giuliani, man. And and so I mean, uh uh basically, uh have you ever read um Freakonomics? No. I think they may have made a, like, a fun pop documentary about it, but I remember one of the coolest parts, chapters in it, you know, sociologists and the different studies and all this stuff, right. and they came to like a really cool conclusion as uh, to debunk the idea that certain mayors, particularly Giuliani, who took credit for it, did not actually end crime in the 90s. No. Do you know what, the, you know what these sociologists pointed to? What? Roe v. Wade. So it was in the 70s when abortion became legal, universally legal. And at that point, the number of abortions went up, especially particularly ones in low-risk families to become criminals, like poor families where their kids would become criminals. And by the time it was the 90s would be their teenage years where they're more likely to be roaming gangs of teenagers. See, but the, and this is the problem with statistics, right? Because it's all built in a framework. Man, we're, we're getting way too deep. We got to get on the comic books or something. <laughs> get ready soon. Uh, it's all a little light topic like <laughs> abortion and its pros and cons. <laughs> so it's all built in frameworks, right? And it's all built to a framework that fits a narrative. Not all. I'll say some. But the problem with that statement is <laughs> to assume that, you have to assume a few other things. So if we follow that data to its natural conclusion, then that means that we should just start offing people in areas where they're projected to become criminals. No one's going to get behind that. 
Uh, <laughs> for the people who don't understand what faces I'm making or the listeners, I am not pro that. I'm not behind that. However, not only do I believe that certain people are pro that and behind that, um, if, if you want to control a society, offing people of undesirable whatever is a logical move. It's an evil move that only supervillain would do. <laughs> but it you know, it's not it's, it's basically what I'm saying is it's um, a tried and true method of a villain. At some point a villain is always going to come back to So here's the thing, right? This is exactly what the villain's going to say for our audio listeners. I'm I'm doing the voice for you. So here's the thing. Uh yeah, we've mastered space travel. We've uh built a better Quinjet. <laughs> we've the quantum science is there. But if we're really going to make our food supply stretch, we're going to have to start offing people <laughs> at a drastic rate from undesirable bloodlines. It always leads to this, dude. Tell you me know, it basically the, You know, this goes, this goes back to like a, one of the classic science fiction short stories ever written. And I think people have done a re- rendition of it ever since it was created. Dune! And it's about space travel. Oh, sorry. No. Something <laughs> actually smart. Um, so... Uh, uh, there, there's it's called the cold equation and it's it's oh, a short story about um uh, yeah it's a, 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 a you know basically a spaceman rocketing through through space um he has to get a a a cure to a plague to a colony world and he's going slower than he should be and he's like what's going on and it turns out that a stowaway was trying to flee her world because she was impoverished and having a hard time the problem is is that when she's in the ship his ship has a certain amount of fuel, and it was calculated to move at a certain speed. And the more weight you have, the more fuel it burns up, which means he's not going to make it to the colony. And the entire short story, he's trying to figure out how he makes it to the colony to save it and bring the cure there with sparing the girl. And there comes down, every time the equation comes down to this, he needs to lose weight. So you know what he has to do. <laughs> so at the end, he jettisons the bitch in space. <laughs> oh, wait, he doesn't jettison himself? No. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the other logical. What, what kind of sucker does that? <laughs> that seems like the other logical decision. <laughs> he probably weighs more than her. You know, it, it would have been a sweeter story if you had written it. It would have been a sweeter story if you had written it. But We need to get off all of this dark stuff, man. I'd be what? like, I- I'm supposed to be on this ship. I don't know how you got on board. So. What you don't is- have a ticket. What is the name of that movie? Oh, I always forget the name. It's what Ryan Reynolds is in it is in this movie for exactly twenty two minutes. He's in it with a what's the kid's name that played Donnie Darko? What's that guy's name? What's the guy's name that played Donnie Darko? Just played. You know, yeah, I mean that's freaking Mysterio, isn't it? Um, yeah, Mysterio, Brokeback Mountain. Is it Gyllenhaal? Jake Gyllenhaal. They're basically they're basically in space. And uh, <laughs> life is that the name of the movie? Yes, I think it's called Life. It, it's kind of Venom like. Yes, yes. The, the, the aliens, the slime thing. Okay, yeah. At at some point, right? If it's me versus the alien, you know, <laughs> you got to start asking yourself the harder questions. You got to look at your crew and go, "Hey, I'm not going to make a decision who lives or dies right now, but you guys definitely are." <laughs> like, you, you got to start thinking about how you're going to make it out of these situations. In that scenario with the girl and the guy in the ship, I think the girl should have stuck up for herself. Hashtag me too. She should have stabbed him, man. Uh, well, uh, no, I know. I feel you. On, no, you don't. I feel you at that, <laughs> but I feel that you are. I mean, you're looking at, you know, 
Oh, I don't feel that you are. No, um, it, this is so funny because this goes back to voting. This goes back, absolutely goes back to voting. So I was explaining, you know, I'm constantly explaining to, you know, people, people that the only logical way to vote is to vote for your own interests. And never vote for anyone else's, which is why this kind of idea where, I've, where people try to shame people to vote, like they're like, don't you want to help X, Y, and Z? Look at these poor people. And really, however, if a candidate is offering something you need, then you should vote for them. It is illogical to vote for someone else's needs. So here's the thing, right? I think that it obviously is doesn't make sense to do that, to vote for someone else's needs. But the greater need should always outweigh the individual need. So if you find a group of people and you say, hey, this is something that matches up with the greater need, it can, you know, and it meets our personal interests, <clears throat> vote accordingly or vote your own interests. But whatever you do, for the love of God, don't vote out of guilt, right? Don't vote because someone says that you should vote for this candidate. Yeah. yeah. Shame on you. Shame on you for not caring about X, Y, and Z. It's nonsense. It's Shame nonsense. on MTV for the rock to vote. It seemed like such a good idea in the beginning, but now I realize that it was another form of subtle control. It's like if you don't vote, you don't have a voice. Well, that's not entirely true. Voting is a you know a privilege, a civic duty, but one that can also be expressed by not voting, right? You cannot vote for the correct reasons. Absolutely. Like, no, you're so right. You are so right. You're so right. You're so right. You cannot so vote. So what it is is if you were offered two stupid options, you should have the right to at least abstain from two stupid options. Exactly. Like in the 2016 election, I was offered two stupid options, and I opted out by voting for the party. This is the last thing I'm going to say on it, man. I think there's a clear parallel that can be drawn between Barack and uh, Donald Trump. And I don't think a lot of people are looking at it. Both candidacies ran on basically the same platform, which is change. One for one form of change, one for the other form of change. But both right. offered something, which is like, we're going to get you out of what you're used to. And we're going to get you to a place where we're not doing business as usual. You know I'm no fan of it, Roy, but at the end of the day, man, uh, progressives and Democrats are bound for a civil war. I'm calling it here first, man. Like, that meltdown is going to be the worst because it's going to come up to a place where corporate Democrats have to finally either say yay or nay to the young progressives that are underneath them. And I don't agree with any of it, but you're going to have to deal with it. Right. You're going to have to deal with it because the things that the thing they're not doing is a lot of moderate Democrats like Joe Biden don't believe in Roe v versus Wade. They don't, but they have to appease the base, but they're going to get put in a position where someone's finally going to call them out on it. Where it's like, hey, man, say it. I hear you saying women's productive uh, reproductive rights, but I don't think you believe that same thing with a lot of conservatives. There are a lot of people who are just going to have to stand up at one point and just say what they believe in and what they don't believe in. And then just let the people make their decision. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Stop lying to the people. Yeah, man. It, it, it's it's like it's like it's like a lot of the crazy ideas that come on Twitter from the lefties. Yep. You know, the lefties say a lot of things, and I'm I'm not going to say what those are because I don't it's want a us lot of crazy to get stuff. in trouble from you know you know uh, things. Things, but there are certain ideas that, like, for instance, the thing they call J.K. Rowling on. Oh boy! They asked her a question at a certain point. Yeah. And she was like, "I don't believe that." 
I believe this other thing. You notice they would never ask Joe Biden that. But no. I bet you old school Joe would not would also have the same ideas as, as J.K. Rowling. 100 percent. 100 percent. There's no way he believes there are 71 different, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. for a person. There's no way that he doesn't no. believe there are only two. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I don't care how his prep team shoots him up with vitamin B and vitamin D. <laughs> like, like 100 <laughs> percent. But the audio like, listeners, that was awake, decided to drink. And this will keep you alive. Um, like, like, this will stop the ranting. And, but this will this will this will make you a little more energized. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dude, you know what the crazy thing is, man? Of all the people involved in this whole thing, I actually feel bad for Kamala Harris, and I'm not being sarcastic. And why she's the first woman president at this point? Absolutely. I just feel bad, man. Like whenever you go for these positions, your entire life becomes an open book. I feel bad for her that like everyone knows basically whether it's true or not. People assume that she slept with this mayor, or whatever he was, from Northern California, San Francisco, Oakland. I don't know that area too well. And, like, now that's the narrative that's being pushed against her. And I actually kind of feel bad for her, man, because it's like they've boiled her down to, like, she slept around to get power. And that could very yeah, well be true. Hit job on women. That's a hit job on women. Yeah, it, it could very well be true. But it sucks. You know, it's like, at least hit me on my bad policies. Don't hit me on my personal life, dude. You know, to be honest, I like it when they hit, hit up the kids, when they hit up the families. Yep. And, yo, I am, a, you know, not that I'm saying that I'm a fan of, of Eric and, and Don Jr., but I don't like, um, I do like Ivanka, I'm not going to lie. Um, but I, I will say, like, <laughs> I will say that I think it's messed up that they constantly attack them and constantly mock them. Yeah, because they're not elected officials. They may do jobs for the White House, but that's the equivalent of like you have a job, you have, you have a company, and you're like, let me hire my son for the newsroom, and people don't like what you do, so they go harass your son. Well, I mean, that's separate, stupid. Jared Kushner definitely deserves to be harassed. He looks like a supervillain, right? He, he looks like he, he might- doesn't look like a human. I think he's an alien. <laughs> I think he really. I think Donald Trump married his daughter to the aliens as some sort of sick flesh trade, so he could become president. And moving and right along. He <laughs> takes his face off at night. I did an episode where I was like, I think Jared Kushner's a woman. I take it back, man. I'm insulting women by saying he looks like a woman. You know what I'm saying? He's a thing. He's a thing. I don't know what it is, but there's something really off up in that situation. And moving right along. What do we got up for episode, uh, for the second? Oh, wait. Before <laughs> we jump here. to the next one, I just have to say this. Final, th- final thoughts. If I were Trump, I honestly would be spending my time, instead of trying to create court cases, to thinking of a way how to leave America unseen. Because when his presidency runs out, when he's got no more tricks, they are going to prosecute the hell out of him. Oh, yeah, they're coming for him. 100%. Yeah, they're not going to put him in white collar crime prison. They're going to put him in real prison. <laughs> oh no, he's going to the same place that that old gangster Whitey went to, where they forgot to get him into protective custody. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, when they left him in the middle of a dorm in his wheelchair. Same thing's going to happen to Trump, dude. Same thing's going to happen to Trump. Yeah, and they're, they're the camera um, that watches over him is going to conveniently not be working. It's going to be the same guards that were protecting Epstein. They're going <laughs> <laughs> to. <laughs> So what? What, what his, else? His assassin's gonna be wearing an Epstein mask. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
But moving on, moving on. Happy election week, everyone. Or should I say election month? Because this is going to be going on for a while. Oh, my God. This is the worst. Well, yeah. We, we got we to do a lightning review of Mandalorian. We're going to lighten things up. We're going to lighten things up for our listeners, man. Totally. Um, I called it. I was 100% correct. You didn't call anything. I called it. I called it. I you didn't call called it. You, you, the things you talked about could not be summed up in one episode. So you're like, I called it. You called it an entire season. What are you talking about? Listen to me. It's one It's one episode so far. How many lines did Baby Yoda have? How much spotlight did he have? He had a few gurgles. He's like, gurgle? <laughs> yeah. They have, to continue, they have to continue moving away. From Baby Yoda shenanigans. Every once in a while, that's cool. Every once in a while, that's cool. But you got to keep moving away because it gives the story more depth. This no, is... I agree. I agree. They can't kill the Baby Yoda thing. I, yeah, I, they I can't kill. It. I thought this was uh, the first episode. You know what? I might actually stay up to episode uh, to three in the morning to watch the second episode. But I thought oh, the I first. About it. I think the first episode was amazing, and I don't mean I. I give it a perfect 10 only because it didn't let me down in any way, shape, or form. It was as campy as I thought it would be. It was as predictable as I thought it would be. But it was something different than what we've normally gotten with the Star Wars lore. And lastly, it gave you enough of the Star Wars lore to keep people engaged in it. So there were enough obscure references where people can be like, oh, I know that, and I know this, and I know that. Right, like a Kray Dragon. Some people don't know what a Kray Dragon is. Exactly. They thought it, it was the worm the from Dune. the first one. Yeah. yeah, they thought it was the worm from Dune. Like, like. <laughs> Basically. <yeah. laughs> but I, I, I thought it was a great Western great Western story. You know, Man- Mando shows up looking for another Mandalorian. Not entirely sure why he would need one to complete his task, but plot devices, right? Shows up there and typical Western story sees a guy. Guy says, hey, man, we can work it out. Mandalorian says, no, this is my honor code. We're going to do it this way. They're about to get into it. Bigger antagonist. And I think it just took off from there. I think it gave depth to the sand people as well. What are their names? What are those people called again? Uh, the Tuscan Raiders. Gave them a lot of depth outside of the comic book canon. Because, you know, the Tuscan Raiders in the comic books are actually humanoids. They're just, they're humans. Right, right, right. They're, yeah, they're, yeah, there's, like, there's like a limited series. There's a limited series about everything in Star Wars at this point. There's like, <laughs> there was one about like the one who was a Jedi. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, or whatever. And, so, <laughs> and he wanted becoming, you know, he turned to the dark side when he back, went back to Tusken Raiding. Turns out, pillaging, not good for the light side. <laughs> You're eventually going like, to turn Why did he think that would work out? Why did he think that would work out? Get I, it together, guys. I thought the Tusken Raiders uh, served as a good plot device, reminding me of the old Westerns with Native Americans, without it being so offensive, you know, like, Basically, they had an honor system. They had an honor code. I thought it was amazing, man. I even the opening scene when Mando was going to the prize fight. That fight was amazing. Not not the not the Gamorreans, but like his fight with the people who met Absol- him. That, absolutely, I watched amazing. that several times. Actually, I actually uh, I thought you uh, did a very good uh, summarization on it in your channel, man. Which was basically like Mando was like, you know, you're not going to die by my hand. I promise you that. Which is always a death sentence by something worse. <laughs> and he you know never trust anyone who promises that. You know what else is great about this episode, man? 
this reminded me of the in uh, the previous season when Mando shows up to that planet where he meets Gina Carano. And basically that woman's like, you can stay here. You can have a place to raise your boy. Very similar plot to that. Except for now we're seeing that Mando's really sold on the fact that I have to get this child to where he's going. I need to do these things to accomplish this goal. I thought it was an amazing first episode, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the episode you're talking about, um, which was uh, uh, decently directed by Bryce Dallas Howard. You know, she's an American gem. I love that chick. Um, it was called The Sanctuary, episode four. Episode four. <laughs> Did you just say that? <laughs> but, you know, episode four. Um, you're right. It was the same thing where they had to teach the villagers how to fight for themselves. So, you know, the whole thing, like, stop being a pussy. We, or we gotta fight, you know, we're going to fight for it. Um, it was, it was, um, the crazy thing is this one was an hour instead of half an hour and it didn't feel like it at all. It just went by. It was so much, very good, just very a lot good of pacing. fun stuff going on. I like Timothy Oliphant. You Amazing. Know, yes. Yeah. He's, it was good pick. He's a good pick to put as the sheriff. He's always playing a cowboy, but you know, that's just, would be a cowboy. Yeah. 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 Uh, that guy's great. Um, it was good times, and I actually liked that there wasn't a lot of Baby Yoda, man. So that the next time Baby Yoda does something stupid, it's gonna be really cute. <laughs> I can't wait. They gave you baby enough Baby Yoda shenanigans, like he got out of his little thing as usual. Mando left him behind, and you're like, what a bad parent. And the next shot is of Baby Yoda, you know, looking around the bar. I think another thing that was really great about this episode was the crate dragon itself, right? This big bad menace tormenting the poor uh what are the sand people called again? I'm sorry. The Tuscan Raiders. <laughs> tormenting Tuscan, those... Tuscan. No, t- tormenting like the... Tuscany in Italy. <laughs> those guys. <laughs> you know, I I think it's amazing that they also touched on the whole thing where Mando is Apparently a great negotiator, too, because he's basically like, yeah, I negotiated the peace between you two people. All you got to do is abide by it, which gives the character more depth because we know that he has a tactical mind. We know that he's intelligent. The fact that he spoke the same language as the Tuscan Raiders, I thought that was amazing, dude. So I'm going to tell you that 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 is also very Western. That's a Western thing. Yeah. Because what it is, is like usually like the people in Westerns usually think of like the Native Americans as savages or right. whatever. And it's the good cowboy who knows their ways. Right. Who's right, like, right. they're like, F these guys, we'll shoot them. Like the Marshal was saying. Yeah. And then the real cowboys, like the guy who get, who's going to be the survivalist is like, let me talk to them. I speak their language. I've lived yeah. with them before. And like, you know, he knows yeah. the natives and he respects the natives. Like, I mean, that, yeah, no, that's, that's super cool. I mean, it's cliche, but it's like, you know, they... They it worked. it, so it was all right. It worked. It worked. And then, of course, we have the climb, uh, the huge climax, where Mando jumps inside the uh, the friggin' thing's mouth. The crate dragon. Yeah. The crate dragon, and then he flies out with like a glory of lightning around him. Now, this is where I love where the OP comes in for any character. I've seen him use that lightning shaft a few times. That stick, his gun, and it has never had that effect. But man, when you got a good hero, you don't give a shit about things like plot consistency. Dude, he flew out of that thing's mouth, and it was perfect, dude. I thought the whole scene right. with the, trying to trap the crate dragon, very reminiscent of Tremors, had a great time with it. Oh my god, I loved it when they started flying around, though. That was like really that really blew my yeah. mind. It looked cool when they were working in tandem and stuff. Um, it was really great, and of course, the end reveal with Boba Fett, man. Yeah, Boba yeah. Fett watching. You know what? We've seen so many different things with the Clone Wars and obviously Rebels. 
but this feels a little bit more real. And I, I hate to be a dick about it. Maybe because it's not animated, but this seems like actual Star Wars canon, which to a guy like me who typically hated Star Wars in my ki- in my childhood, this is actually really cool to see Boba Fett there and to know that they're building to something makes me really happy. I have to say, and, and I'm I'm going to be disowned by all my Star Wars people out there. I'm super sorry, um, but I am actually a live action. Even though I love the Clone Wars, don't get me wrong. I, I was I was I was like before you know Netflix was like Netflix. Back in the day, I remember I was living down in Virginia, and every Friday night was when yeah. the Clone Wars would happen. And I would pregame before I would go to the bar, drinking, watching. Came on Cartoon Clone Network, Wars. right? Yeah, Cartoon Network. Yeah, it's Cartoon Network in like like ten, you know, ten p.m. or something. I'd watch it before I head out the bar. Um, but like that was like my show, and people would be like, "Why aren't you here yet?" I'm like, "I gotta watch Clone Wars. I love Clone Wars. Don't get me wrong, but I am somebody who only believes that true canon is live action Star Wars. I can't deal with all these cartoons and shenanigans because they're like, "Well, we have Rebels and we have this short and and this novel and this comic. Shut up." Shut up. We all know live action is the only real canon. Clone Wars is fun. I love it. I love it. It's good stuff. You know, the Obi-Wan, you know, they're saying that the Obi-Wan show, they're going to do flashbacks to the Clone Wars. Those images will be canon. Uh, You know, because there were certain episodes of Clone Wars that were like, this is for babies. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no way this is really happening. You know, they're like, Jar Jar and Padme get lost in a swamp and live in a giant frog and meet a magical fairy princess. I'm like, this didn't happen. This well, did wait, not wait, happen. Wait. One of the biggest story arcs in uh, freaking Clone Wars was, man, uh, what were the things that they called the midichlorians? People had a huge problem with that, right? Yeah. I would have had just as big a problem as the Force Incarnate episode in Clone Wars where you find out that the light side is a woman and the dark side is an angry brother. And in between them... the Overlords. That... They're called Overlords, yeah. That episode... Yeah, that episode was as bad as that moment when Liam Neeson said, you have a high chlorine... No, you know, I love that Here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I absolutely love that episode. It's an amazing episode, but it's high fantasy, and Star Wars is very rarely high. It's like I don't think it's ever high fantasy, so it doesn't seem like it's real. It's Roy, a you, fun story. You can defend like, it as much as you want, man. But that is a my character hit his head on a rock and imagined it episode. If I've ever right. seen one, right? Or, or, or my my favorite is uh, my favorite is uh, in Star Trek. What happens is they go through some crazy, crazy, mind-boggling adventure, and at the end, there's a time warp that undoes the entire episode. Or oh, they've just been in the hollow deck the entire time. I've been in the hollow deck. You didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, I've been in the hollow deck, and I didn't know it was broken. Um, I thought Mandalorian season uh ep- season two episode one was amazing, man, and uh. I called it, man, and this is not against you. I called it against a few other people. I'm like, this is probably going to be the best thing to happen to Star Wars is because you finally get to see some stuff that has nothing to do with anyone named Vader, Skywalker, or Yoda. Wait, baby Yoda is different than actual Yoda? Right, right, yeah. He's not He's not actually a Yoda, but I, I feel what you're saying, and uh, I, you know that's why I'm kind of dreading that they're bringing Jedi into it. I kind of hope there weren't, weren't going to be Jedi. I think that as long as they do it correctly where the Jedi will eventually branch off, because I don't mind the Jedi, 
I just think that we all can recognize Star Wars for what it is. A poorly written, great story. Like, so many different people could have done so many better things with Revenge of the yeah. Sith. Right? Yo, that's... Yo, this is my issue with people who don't like the sequel trilogy. They're like, it wasn't perfect in this way or that way or whatever. Yo, the original trilogy wasn't Horrible. Shakespeare. It, yeah. They were cheesy action movies. What are you thinking? <laughs> New Hope is fun but slow as F. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's cheesy, stupid, idiotic lines. It's totally cliche, very predictable at times. Yeah. It's, it's just fun. It's just fun. It's not supposed to be epic. So, I mean, it is epic, but it's not supposed to be like art or something so when somebody's like they're pissed that the sequels weren't well constructed none of them were well constructed what world are they living in where there's where the ewoks are well constructed dude any story that starts off in the fourth act there's already a problem there right exactly <laughs> he couldn't decide what the beginning was it was like uh, yeah the, first, the beginning line is episode four and you're like am i in the wrong movie <laughs> what <laughs> What? Is this ticket right? <laughs> no, honestly, man, though, uh, one thing I do want to see for Mando, man, this is way off the beaten path. Now we're getting deep baseball talk here. Gun dancers. I need a real gun dancer introduced into Star Wars. And I'm not talking about spin his laser on his finger gun dancer. I'm talking about gun dancer, old Republic gun dancer. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Those guys that jumped around shooting lasers without the help of any Force-sensitive powers that can basically hit any target on the map. I want to see that in The Mandalorian. I also want to see... I want to see more Night Sisters, man. I think the Night Sisters are a completely underutilized portion of the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I would also very much like to see... Uh, I don't need to see the origins of the Fallen, uh, the First Order. I don't, I don't want anything to do with that stuff, right? I just want well, to yo, did you see? So here's what it is: they already created a need for them in oh, this episode. They've already done it. So basically, remember how we pointed out that he was like, when the Death Star went up, the mining guild turned on us and said we're going to rule it. And it's it's creating this idea that the people are, are in need of a government. So I just want to. I just want to be the first order for canon's sake. No shout out to that podcast, even though I enjoy enjoy that pod that, that podcast. If you were wondering how the First Order came to be, here's the big reveal. So apparently Sidious at one point said, oh, man, this whole thing could go awry. I should probably leave instructions for some of my subordinates on how to deal with this whole thing. And he left, like any good dictator, he left instructions. And those guys went into the Outer Realms, and they actually started building ships. Is this from a video game? No, this is the actual truth. <laughs> no, it, there is no truth until they put it on a screen, and that's how it is. Because they're going to change it if they want to change it. All right, Fa so Favreau will change it on a whim if he doesn't like. No it. one cares about the even Fallen if it's order. a technical giant journal. Do you or, care no, about the I, Fallen I, Order? That that movie, the first that, order, that video so, game? no, the first oh, order, the, final order. No, the, what is it called? If, the first order, and then you know, Sidious's branch was the final order. Yeah, yeah, the ones in the red. Um, no, I do, as long as it's interesting. If they're going to go into politics about how they fund their starter stories, I don't need to see it. <laughs> but if they have, like, cool stuff, no, I want to see it. You know? I thought, I, you know, I remember watching uh, Rise of Skywalker, 
and I kept waiting to care, right? At some point, I'm like, I'm going to become emotionally invested in this movie, and I'm going to care. Because I actually don't have a problem with Ray, Finn, or Poe as individual characters. I enjoy them individually. Thinking I love of, them. Yeah, thinking about them, I'm like, oh, that was a good idea. That was a good idea. I actually didn't really mind the fact that she was Palpatine's granddaughter as much as I should have. I think that's a fine, that's fine. It's a fine, fine twist. twist. Yeah. And uh, I think it was just when it came. I didn't even mind that they brought Palpatine back. He was underutilized because he is the big bad in this universe. It was completely. The problem is, is they had no structure, and they honestly should have. If they were going to do a reel like that, put it in the second one, not the third one. Few moments later. What you need to do now is change the subject. So she kills herself. She throws herself out the window and dies. Good thing Shao Kahn has control of necromancers. They raised Sindel, turned her into a zombie woman, and forced her to marry Shao Kahn. Just <laughs> raise her in the dark ways. He's like, I'm going to teach her how to be evil. However, she's like her father. She's totally good. She's pureness throughout her. And he's like, he's, up. he's burned up to his floor. So he gets his ultimate necromancer, Shao, you know, Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. To take part of Katana's soul and make a twin sister of her. However, it's perverted and dark. So she has the the venom mouth. She looks exactly like her and is everywhere. Oh, yeah, yeah, she has yeah, that yeah. dirty, disgusting venom mouth. And they, she, even though she's like a four-year-old kid, they're like, this is your twin sister. And Katana's like, I don't have a twin sister. And like, yes. Yes, you do. And they raise, they raise them together as sisters. <laughs> so she's made out of part of her soul and so of course it being Mortal Kombat they train the girls in the mystic arts of ninja and assassin ways where they can teleport and turn invisible and they're ultimate assassins but they're princesses <laughs> that's the backstory. so then um, you know they've been fighting the Mortal Kombat thing and eventually people kill Shao Kahn right and so uh, Katana, being a good do-gooder, she wants to give the rule of law to the people. They want to bring democracy. She's a good do-gooder. But her sister Melina's like, F that. I'm going to be the empress. My, I'm a princess. I'm going to be the empress. I'm going to rule. <laughs> and so um, that's the whole thing. She is considered the true ruler of Outworld. However, um, you know, there's all these pretenders, people who either want it or they want to bring democracy whatever that you know uh, <laughs> what's happening right now is a good example is why you don't want to give people democracy right, <laughs> right, right. i'd rather have the G- a venom looking chick who's an, a ninja assassin my rulership rather than do what we're doing right now but um, you'd rather so, well, have I, her than kamala harris is what you're saying uh, not just Kamala Harris. I, I want to get rid of all of it. But yeah, essentially. I'm not rejecting you, Kamala. You're lovely. You're a lovely woman. But I'll take Melina over you any day. So, so Melina is finally entering Mortal Kombat 11. You know, they slowly roll out their characters. And we haven't seen Melina for five years. And finally, they're like, we're putting her in the game, in the new game. So they just put out the trailer today of Molina and she's got her size and her ninja magic and she's evil and if you haven't seen it check it out on YouTube just you know just write in Molina MK or whatever so uh, they, they put her out now this has brought people talking about the movie you know I don't know if you know but next year next summer there's gonna be a, a Mortal Kombat movie I didn't know that I didn't know that and you know what's you know it's it's it has all the signs of low budgetry and it has actor none of them are big Big timers. The biggest person in it is playing Johnny Cage, and he's the guy. He's the actual Asian. They they race bent him, um, but it's the guy from uh, what's that show? Uh, 
into the Badlands. The guy who played Sonny. The main guy. Oh, okay, okay. I got you, got you, yeah. He's yeah, playing Johnny Cage? Johnny Cage. Makes sense, so they, man. Makes sense. And, and they're they're race bending everyone apparently. A lot of a lot of the characters. Is Jax still black or? Jax is not in the movie. Or or haven't announced him. So yo, they turned Molina into a black chick. They turned her from an Asian chick to a black chick. And of but, course it's Hollywood, so they, it's a light skinned black chick. But why? I don't know, and that's what everyone you know that's what people are talking about. Wait, so. If Molina is black, then that means Katana will also will have to be black. The and same actress, Shao Kahn, will have to be black too. Um, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do about it because right now they cast a black chick as Molina, but they don't say who's playing with Katana. Here's the thing I don't get. Right? Did anyone ask for this? Was there anyone that was saying there was not enough representation in Mortal Kombat? Like there well, had to be. Was there an outcry? Did I miss a rally? Was there some type of riot over this? <laughs> the funniest thing about it is Mortal Kombat is con- totally full of minorities left and right, and there's probably only two or three white characters in the entire thing. <laughs> Out of like 30 characters, there's Johnny Cage, Sonic, and Kano are like the only white characters. Wait, there's the Johnny Cage, Kano, and there's Sonya Blade, Sonya. and there's another guy. He was only in one game. We well, was basically like a cop that somehow made it through the striker. Apartment. No, you're right, striker. But I don't count him. I don't count. He's not a character. He's the one of the worst characters ever. Remember, he used to throw grenades in the, in the fight. He was horrible. You know, when he would win, he would pull out a gun and start shooting in the air like a like an ass savage, like those white people do. <laughs> Them and their guns. <laughs> Oh, show's going to get well, banned. Well, well, you know, <laughs> what I'm saying is, everyone of different ethnicities of Asian, and, you know, the different sub, sub ethnicities of Asian, and there's, like, a bunch of black characters, and there's all sorts of things. And why are you taking an Asian character and swapping it for a black? When there's a bunch of white people, you could swap out. This is what happens with race swapping. But you know what? <sighs> Here's the thing, man. You went to LaGuardia. I went to IS-44 and then PS-191. Very, very close schools to you. You went to the better school, obviously. But you would have been exposed to Shakespearean acting. Where on Broadway, off-Broadway, and then way off of Broadway, <laughs> often Greek characters are played by a plethora of different people. In fact... Yo, I, actually, at LaGuardia, I once saw... An adaptation of Richard III, where they turn Richard III into a Nazi, and they're wearing swastikas on stage. This is high school, mind you. And the kid who was playing Richard III was black. Exactly. <laughs> Boom. So this is the world we're coming from. This is. I once saw a play with Ulysses from the Odyssey. Right. From the Iliad. It was a Mexican kid. Right, and I all like all I could think was, man, this guy's a good Ulysses because he was actually a really good actor, and it was actually the point where Ulysses is finally uh, reunited with his wife, which has finally hit me. I don't have a huge issue with that type of stuff because we're talking about real thespians. This is after he's killed after he's killed the suitors. Yes, yes, yes. I I've, love that part. Where him I've, I've, the suitors. They just butcher everyone. <laughs> you don't I don't, step to my girl. You do not step to my girl. I and that's the way you should handle it. 
everyone involved yes. needs to die. Anyone that showed up that day, anyone that was supported, they're all People dead. who thought I was dead and was just being nice, <laughs> yeah. they're bringing a casserole over, dead. Kill the Cyclops, kill those people. <laughs> But here's the thing. I don't have a problem with that type of race bending because we're so immersed in the story that we're just looking at right. people a, playing. A, that's different. A, a play is a showcase of acting skill. It's exactly. writing and acting skill combination, and that's all it takes. And you don't need you don't need the thrills, really, to be honest. But if see, it's a good play, they don't need it. But that's not what they do with a lot of live-action superhero and you know uh, flicks and stuff like that. When they actually race bend a character... They're bending the entire thing. Like, that is the intention. I'm not cool with this, but this just seems kind of stupid because it's Mortal Kombat. I'm going to be the guy to say it out loud, right? It seemed so ingenious when we were kids, but when you really step back and take a look at the lore in the larger canon of Mortal Kombat, it's all pretty idiotic if you think about it. <laughs> well, yo, yo, the elaborateness... It's such a soap opera. The stories in Mortal Kombat, it's so over the top. That's what I really like about it. It's Dude, like, how many tournaments are we going to have, man? This was supposed to be one tournament to end all the other tournaments. It's still going on. The last tournament was Shao Kahn. Not even Shao Kahn. Shang Tsung. <laughs> was he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, if you notice, the third one was supposed to be the last one, and they... they Originally, in the first one, they said, like, a tournament will decide the fate of your realm. Right. And then they were like, we're going to have a second tournament. And then finally, <laughs> the third one, they were like, they were like, it's a series of ten. And the first one was seven. Or the first one was eight. Second one was nine. This is ten. This is the last one. <laughs> and now they're up to Mortal Kombat 11. <laughs> you know, they always find an excuse to keep them going. You know, it's totally, it's absurd. And the uh, elaborateness of how many characters have died and come back and done crazy stuff. Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. But uh, I think the YouTube version of Mortal Kombat will still go down in history. The fan-made version of Mortal Kombat with Michael uh, Michael Jai White played Jackson. Yes, yes. That will go it down. Was it Legacy? Yeah, you guys, put me, you guys put me on to that. And, uh, so good, man. We showed all the origins of the characters. Yeah, that will go down as the best version of Mortal Kombat. Here's what they need to do, right? They need to stop this, right? Just allow the character to be Asian. I was the one thing I really enjoyed about the original Mortal Kombat movie was, oh, Liu Kang is Asian. Even though I believe he was a... No, he was Thai. He was a Thai character, and he was playing a Chinese character. But they did some stuff there where they just like, oh, no, he's from... Yeah. You know, he's a Thai Buddhist, so whatever. Yeah. Um, This doesn't need to happen, right? No this one, does not need to happen. No one wants this. Just just, just stop it. <laughs> just stop I, it. I, I agree, and I think it's getting completely out of hand. And another thing is I'm saying I'm not trying to be like, I'm not trying to be like, you know, contrarian to the, the, the way it goes. But basically, here's what I'm saying. The reason why they race back is because a lot of times these stories are written or created in time where there wasn't any representation. Right. Or the demographics were different. Like, for instance, right. early comic books. Comic books from the 40s and 50s or 60s, they did not include black people right. or, the, or Spanish people. And so now that we are in the new age, it's like, it's all right if you're like, why don't we cast Sue Storm as a black chick? I'm right. cool with that. I'm right, really right. cool with that. But I don't like taking a minority's character, a.k.a. Melina, who's Asian, 
taking that away from her and giving it to a different minority. Take no. it from the white people. I'll give you an example. Because, <laughs> you know, what it is is because the white people are overrepresented in it. Right. Well, not overrepresented. Right, right, but right, they right. Have, yeah, they've got it like, For instance, they cast a blonde hot chick as Sonya Blade. Why not make her black? Her, her race has nothing to do with who she is. She's supposed to be a woman, special forces, martial artist. Right. That could be a black chick. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, you know, she could be black. Her, she gets with the white Johnny Cage, and then they have a they have an interracial baby, and Cassie Cage is is, is biracial. Boom, a lot of stats. I love it. I love it. You know. But instead, they're gonna they're taken away from a different minority. It doesn't make any sense. Like they don't, they've lost track of why they're doing race bending in the first place. No, it doesn't make any sense. I don't think there's any rhyme or reason other than, hey, we should make this person black because this will obviously bring in more sales. But the numbers don't really add up. Believe her Asian and 100 percent. You're going to have. Yeah, it doesn't always add up. There are times when they race bend and it doesn't necessarily bring in more blacks or anyone. No, it doesn't work at at all. Look at Mulan. That didn't work at all. (laughs) Not that it was race bending, but. it is pandering to different different groups, and it makes uh, it's just it's totally silly. I'm kind of pissed because I love I love Melina. Melina is my girl. Yeah, basically, here's the whole thing. In fantasy stories, right. it is an ongoing cliche where um, a female gets her throne taken from her, yes. particularly for her father's throne. Right? Yes, yes, yes. So it's like Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Yeah, she's like that's her throne. They take it away from her, even in Game of Thrones, the show. They wouldn't let her get it at the end, right? Mm-hmm. She's on the verge of getting it, and then you know, we all know what happens at the end of that series. That was a bullshit arc, man. That, horrible, that... horrible end, horrible end, horrible end. She, but she's this is Melina too. Melina has been cheated out of her throne, and I have a soft spot for her. And I'm like, I think she's the rightful ruler of Outworld. Give her a goddamn throne, right? This, she's been raised to be the princess of it. Let her rule it. And they're like, no. Her mom was like, brought back a as a black and white haired zombie, for God's sake. Give her the <laughs> yeah, throne. <exactly. laughs> she's had a hard life. Give the bitch a throne. Give the bitch a throne. You know? so, <laughs> but, you know, they want to keep doing it. It's going to continue, man. It's going to continue. I, 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 see, I see no end to this. Um, but we got to keep track of it because I, I really, I hope, really hope that Hollywood checks themselves when they do the, all this race bending stuff. Because I'm into race bending, I'm fine with it. I don't like when it's done wrong, and this is clearly wrong. And actually, I'm going to say, I don't think they should make Johnny Cage Asian either. No, 100%. If it makes Johnny Cage is so white, he's like the whitest dude ever. Well, I mean, that's uh, part yeah. of his story is that he's white. So. If they're going to do it in a way, again, if I'm using the criteria being a Shakespearean play where it's like this character is being played by a very accomplished actor, boom, I'm cool with that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Like, if you if you would have said to me that Chadwick Boseman is stepping into play any Johnny character, Cage. Johnny really? Cage, yes. yes, because he's an amazing actor. I want to see his version of Johnny Cage. People are going to line up for that. You're going to have your detractors. This makes no sense because it's gonna, it's a no name actress, right? Yeah, never heard of her. Sissy, she actually doesn't even have a Wikipedia page. It's Sissy something or other. This uh, is I, a I, movie I, that's damn to fail, and I'm going to tell you why it's damn to fail. It's damn to fail, just like Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe. That shit was damn to fail. That video game, it's all damn to fail. It's pretty hey, hard. That game is fun. Don't get me wrong. But oh, it's a great time. It should be. It's a great time, but it's it's stupid. It's it's absolutely stupid. 
Um, what else you got, Roy? I want to tear into some other shit. Well, wait, hold on. I want to quickly, quickly, quickly Go give my reason as to why Johnny Cage needs to be white. Go for it. Okay, so the concept is, remember, he was originally, Johnny Cage was originally a parody of Van Damme, and they were mocking white martial artists who got movie amazing, deals. Amazing, amazing. And they were egotistical, and they do a great one. He does the split in the original game, the ball buster <laughs> move, and all this stuff, and they make him, you know, and as the series goes on, they make him even more egotistical. He, like, he's got his crazy jackets. He tattoos the name Johnny. <laughs> And Cage on his back. That's what his tattoo is. His own right, name. Right, right, right. In case he forgets it. Right? Right. While he's flexing, you can check it out. They constantly mock how silly these guys are. And it's so funny that he's not the main character. But he's just a white guy stuck in an Asian world. It's so hysterical. <laughs> later on, when they have their own personal intros, um, John, there's a one where Johnny Cage names his fists. And he goes, and he goes I want to introduce you to Nixon and Reagan. <laughs> And I'm like, it's it's making fun of how all these action stars are super Republican after they get out of the movie industry. It's so hysterical. It's freaking hysterical. And so what happens is all these things naming sorry sorry. only a white dude would do only a white dude right an asian guy isn't tattooing johnny cage on his on his body (laughs) not in any language we can understand there's yeah there's there's absolutely no way that's happening no no asian dude is going to name his fist nixon and reagan (laughs) (laughs) unless he's a classical conservative like you know I mean, yeah, but I mean, like, honestly, like... <laughs> How many it, of them it, are there? So this whole this whole concept of this of this, this movie, this American... It's making fun of American movie stars, and particularly white American movie stars. And so I think it's very important that he remain white. And if you, he becomes Asian, he's going to lose that. Um, you know? I agree with that 100%. For some reason, when you were talking about that, it made me think about the Street Fighter animated series where they actually made Fei Long, like, uh, not Fei Long, uh, what was the fake Bruce Lee's name? That was Fei Long. Fei Long. Fei Long, Long, where they made him, like, this really arrogant character, and I was like, but that's not who Bruce Lee was. Like, you know, I, I don't, I don't like that type of stuff. Johnny Cage, on the other hand, was an extremely arrogant character. He was the Kanye, yo. Johnny Cage was the Kanye West of Mortal Kombat. No, 100%. Arrogant to the point of death. Even in the actual source material, he got what he had coming. Like, what? 100%. I don't know how he came back, but he got what he deserved. The crazy story has gotten to the point where there's the goddess of time named Chronica, who's a character of the end villain, and she's brought back everyone who's gotten killed. You know, like we said, it's an opera. It's a soap opera or whatever. You know what? Well, anyway, if I ever write a story, on. just remind me that I can bring any one of my famous characters back with time travel. I mean, basically, right? Basically, I mean, I would never want to write something like that, but you know, that's that's on you, Ed Boon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. But yeah, so yo, our next one we got to say Quicksilver has been confirmed in WandaVision because the toys, the toys have confirmed it. COVID, and actually, there's going to be more thing, more confirms coming out, and here's why. Due to COVID, the shows have been delayed, but the the, the uh, other material, such as the merch and novelize, novelization, the merch, is still coming out, and they claim they can't stop it. 
So the toys have hit the shelves already, even though the uh, you know the movies and the TV shows are not out. And sure enough, there is a Quicksilver toy in the WandaVision batch. So this is a very interesting story because we don't know which Quicksilver it is yet. Here's what we do know. The kid who played Quicksilver in the Fox universe has been cast in He's been Wanda- spotted. Yeah, yeah. He's been spotted on set there. Yeah. Who he's playing, we don't know we don't know yet. Let me ask you a question. Would you prefer him as Quicksilver or Quicksilver from Age of Ultron? Oof. Definitely, definitely Evan Peters from Fox. Okay. Why? And actually, I, he's more fun. He's happening. You know, the, the, you know, I like that actor who played played him in M- MCU, but I don't like him as Quicksilver. He was a bad Quicksilver. Yeah. He was good in Godzilla, bad in that movie. And actually in Tenet, he's good. He plays a real tough guy in Tenet. And my sister didn't even recognize who she was. He was. I was like, yeah, that was Quicksilver. She was like, what? I was like, yeah. That he's great in Kick-Ass as well. Right. He's, he does a lot of great things. But that particular movie, he was not good in. Which means I, I don't want him back. It, well, Evan Peters is amazing. He's probably the best part of some of those movies. But not quite quick. So not quite Quicksilver from the comics, though, right? No, Neither. he's not. He's, he's, he's his own thing. Yeah, go ahead. So I'm sorry. He, so you know how they're doing the different like Marvel characters? Like They're going to have Electro, but he's not Blue Electro, but it's still Jamie Foxx. Basically, it's going to be like an approximation because he's a dimensional counterpart. Right, right, right. I think they could pull that off in WandaVision where he's like, he's going to have some characteristics of the comic book one, but still enough to be likable from the Fox one. So here's what I'm saying, right? Mandalorian Episode 1, Season 2, did amazing. I'm thinking that WandaVision Episode 1 is going to blow that out of the water. Because it's going to be riding the coattails just just like Spider-Man Far From Home. We still don't know what's happening in this next phase. Yeah, that's true. Which is how they keep us strung along, right? We think it's Secret Invasion because we saw Nick Fury up in space. We assume that it's going to be the Multiverse of Madness because that's the name of the Doctor Strange movie, but we have no idea how that's really going to play out. I'm sorry for the hiccups, folks. I drank my drink too fast, which was non-alcoholic, by the way. But what we're actually getting... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's a monster. Oh, it's a monster? Yeah. Why are you drinking a monster at midnight, bro? It's like me. Because I've been up since like 6.30 in the morning, bro. Uh, this, is but, why, this, is, this is what happens when you have kids. You have to wake up. But here's the thing, right? <laughs> in, this is, in this instance of, of WandaVision, if it is Quicksilver from the Fox universe, cool. Because we're getting mutants in the MCU, and that should mean a lot to all you X-Men fans. It means that Kevin Feige might do something that he normally doesn't do, which is speed a process along. Originally, we weren't supposed to get X-Men for another 10, 10 years from the acquisition. Those were his words. But if he decides to bring him in as a mutant, I think it's going to be pretty cool, man. Also, No one cares about Quicksilver from Age of Ultron. You can't tell me one person that watched that character and said, man, this is really, really well played and very 
deep. Right. Oh, look at that. Yeah, amazing. amazing. No, no, no. It was it was it was, it was it was horrible. But if we're gonna get the multiverse uh, alternate version of Quicksilver, I think it's gonna be pretty cool. I still have no idea what WandaVision is going to be. To be honest with you, I don't know how they're gonna tie this whole thing into Doctor Strange. Let's be honest. We're all walking in blind. We have no idea. I think I, I think I have a good impression. Okay, Roy's got the good impression. Go ahead, Roy. Kick it off. Okay. Well, do you want me to go into the good impression? Do you want me to go into my Quicksilver knowledge? Because I also have some more rumor mill stuff about Quicksilver. Let's do both, and I'm just gonna sit back and enjoy this. So, first thing I'm gonna say is for Quicksilver to wrap this up. That there is a lot of rumors, and I don't know why. I don't. I didn't know what's substantiating thing. Is that he, Evan Peters is playing Mephisto, right? So here's my, what I think is going to happen. I think he's going to play both Quicksilver and Mephisto. Really? So I uh, yes, I believe that he's going to start off playing Quicksilver in the series, and we're going to. Oh wow, his her brother Quicksilver. Her brother Quicksilver's there. And later on, because they're in a delusional state, all the characters in it, they're going to discover that this guy who's her brother is actually the devil messing with them. No. 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 <laughs> you want up to bet? Uh I'm I'm willing to bet. I'll put twenty down on it. Twenty white claws? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> you heard it here, folks. He must be 20 undrinkable White Claws, if this happens. Undr so, undrinkable? I can get 20 undrinkable White Claws to you. No, 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 no white, ball, white Club being undrinkable. you got to give me regular ones, and then so I'll try my best to figure out how to drink them. What, what you're trying to say is unopened White Claws. 20, yes, 20 of them is what you would like. 20 of them. And here's, it, here's what I think. I think the Mephisto idea would be amazing. That that would be really cool. What we're going to wind up getting, I'm calling it right now here, folks, because Roy's going to deny it 100%. 100%. They're not going to give us a clear explanation for why Vision is alive until the last episode of WandaVision. And then it will start to make sense, and we'll start to realize that I'm willing to be wrong here. Some part of the mind and or reality stone still exist and that that's why they're stuck in that little world this, yo, you are playing checkers kevin feige is playing chess <laughs> straight up homie straight up straight up yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so here's him why you're wrong on so many levels how could i be wrong okay. you don't even know you don't even know yet you don't know. <laughs> they're not going to keep playing up the stones. They're done playing up the stones. The okay. stones exist, but they're not going to keep playing up the stones. Here's basically what's happening. If I'm they're right, if I'm right, what are you going to say? If I'm even right, if they even reference the stones once in the show in regarding the situation, what will you say then? No, they can ref they have to reference the stone because he has, you can clearly, when he transforms into a, in a trailer, he has his mind stone. Right, 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 right. Um, so they're gonna reference it, but I don't think it's—I don't think it's gonna be the key to it all. Her powers are the key to it all. So yo, okay. check it. Check <laughs> now. Check this out. Check this out. So yo, she is going to be—they're gonna start off in this weird world, right? Which will be right. black and white. 
and they're going to live in this perfect world. And right. people are going to keep questioning them. Who are you? Where are you from? And they're not going to be able to answer. Right. Right. And so the whole thing is she will have used her powers to alter reality where they have a perfect life where she's living with vision. Right. Right. But that's all her powers, man. That's completely her powers. But it's amplified through the power of Mephisto. And Mephisto has Agatha Harkness, played by Catherine Hahn, I believe. Um, she, she's an evil witch who's there to monitor them or whatever. And meanwhile, she created a bubble universe. And outside of that bubble ver- universe, she possibly soared. One of those groups um, is going to be monitoring them and trying to figure out what the bubble is. You're wrong. You're absolutely wrong. This is what's going to happen. They're going to be stuck in this little world that she's made up in her mind. There's going to be a shot of her in a stray jacket. Explain. But she created it. She created it and she brought vision. Back. Yes, and she she's brought her brother back. 100%. And then that's she is the going, cause of all this. Yes, yeah, she's the cause. I agree with that. I believe that anything bursts out from her mind and it's going to be House of M, but they're going to reference the reality gem somehow. They're going to work it in there where somehow she got power power from that thing. Look at this amateur. Look at this amateur. No, she's got a boost from Mephisto, man. <laughs> to the audio listeners, you can't see the face that he's making, but that's the face of a defeated man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the face of a man who's mocking. Uh, you know, I'm mocking this fool because he doesn't know what he's talking about. Okay, so, there's dude, no reality, Jim. There's no reality. Dude, there is no more use useless sound than a hiccup. The go- God is bedeviled the days of men. <laughs> I have hiccups. They are cursed by the devil, and I think we should drown them. No offense. <laughs> The hiccups. We must purge him by pushing him under the water. What else you got? Stop making me laugh. Well, we've got Chadwick Boseman, man, and there's more word. There's currently word on uh, Black Panther, man. This so is tragic. Yeah, tra- tragically, it looks like they're going. They're working extra hard. He, Feige has them all working extra hard to see which department uh, within special effects can produce the best CGI. Chadwick Boseman, because they plan on killing him in the in the opening scenes, and then Sherry will take over. But they're they're go- the way they're going to do this is they're going to use a CGI him, which I think a lot of people will, will reject. A lot of people will flip out. What is your source on this? Where did you hear this from? The internet. <laughs> so you know what's sad about this entire thing, right? The tragic death of Chadwick Boseman being chief among them. Two, that we'll never get to see Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther in front of an army of dead after becoming the king of the dead himself. We'll never get to see Chadwick Boseman in Time Runs Out becoming a more compromised Black Panther because, you know, at this point he's lost the throne. He's gotten the Black Panther mantle back, but he's also the king of the dead. If you ever want to know more about this story arc, look it up. But it's very interesting. Shuri does become the queen, and she does become the Black Panther. This is right after Black Panther renders all the uh, vibranium inert in, uh, in Wakanda. Do you remember this one, Rory? I do. Reed Richards shows up, helps Black uh, helps uh, T'Challa become the Black Panther again. 
and it's funny because a uh, boss, the Black Panther spirit, wanted to kill Shuri or all, or offered all to kill Shuri so he could become the Black Panther again. He turned it down. That's how he became the Black Panther King of the Dead. But we'll never get to see any of that stuff play out in theaters. Um, I think this is a bad idea. The CGI thing, man. Uh, I think some things are better left to the imagination. I think we can get back there as a film consumer population. I think it's easier to say something tragic happened. And if you're going to use CGI, have it be a brief moment of the burial, but not leading up to it, right? Not a cheesy shot of him looking at you before the explosion or anything like that. I honestly think I think it comes down to how much of his face they show. I don't mind if they're CGIing or showing like a guy in costume wearing right. the suit. But how much are they going to show his face? How much are they going to get into it? Because that's where it starts getting disrespectful. Right. Are they going to have him act a scene? Is he going to have an, a scene where he acts, acts out and is talking to people? Because that's kind of like weird. That feels like that's crossing line. I mean, it's like the whole um, Kim Kardashian, her dad, hologram thing. That, hologram, hologram thing. That's which, creepy. That's so creepy. Thing. Which I have no problem with. In fact, I, I expect you guys, if I ever pass, to have holograms of me harassing my kids at every... <laughs> Huge mouth. I'm holding you to this. You won't be around, but I'm going to, I'm going to send holograms to your children. Every huge milestone, They're I should be wake there. up with a hologram staring at them. Here's the thing about this situation, man. Uh, if they do it like anything else, it's it's got to be done well. But that's the thing about his tragic passing, man, is uh, there was no time to prepare for anything like this. There's no story or no, no filler. It's horrible, man. I think the best thing to do is just to honor him and then write him out that's it i don't think you recast him or anything like that you just honor him sure he should take over because the whole storyline is about family and yeah. gaining the power of the panther as through family she's she's the next in line so she should take it that makes sense absolutely um but i'm there there are misogynists out there it's weird you know misogyny is like a really weird thing because people are always acting like they're like, I'm not a jerk. I'm a good person. And then they're like, won't be a superhero. A woman can't be a superhero. And they start flipping out. I'm like, how is that not misogynist? Well, it's the same thing as the race bending conversation. That's learning how to distinguish from these things, right? So uh, a character not needing to be black is different than Shuri becoming the Black Panther. It's in the source material. There's there's a whole lead up to it. There's a right. whole she's been Black Panther before. Absolutely. There's oh, a whole perfect. lead and actually she probably has one of the best her is Black Panther right when she's face facing down Proxima Midnight. One of the best parts you're ever gonna read about Hickman's new Avengers or Hickman's run on the Avengers. I just don't think that uh I don't think that you need to do this in a way that's cheesy. Just kill the character off without any major lines or any major developments and people will get used to it man it's right, just the right, bottom right. line it just, just got to do it if, if they have him give a speech or give too much talking i will feel uncomfortable about it absolutely i will feel as uncomfortable as i do now with the hiccups i think that one thing that people don't know about shuri and there're going to be a few interesting moments coming up with MCU now that we're talking about this because there are a lot of channels i meant to say this on the last episode and the episode prior to this because we always get down on liberals so much there's a lot of stuff though people should realize right so we're gonna have winter and uh falcon and the winter soldier and they're gonna have u.s agent 
before you friggin' far right stands start getting into it like oh they made the u.s agent some trump only trumper ever no that was his character long before trump always no you're right 100 that reason why he couldn't america in the comics is he was he misunderstood what america was about exactly and steve had to be like f you you're you're a prick i'm taking back my shield 100 percent. same thing with shuri when she became the black panther even though it was something that she had looked forward, forward to most of her life, it was reluctantly. It was after T'Challa did something that was, you know, Doom was ba- basically used all the uh, vibranium to boost his magical powers. Because lo and behold, vibranium boosts magical powers. And T'Challa rendered it inert. He got kicked out by the council for doing so. Shuri took over. He could have killed his sister to become the Black Panther. And he didn't. And then she went out in a blaze of glory in a fight against Proxima Midnight. I don't know how they're going to work that all in, but you can do it. Well, you know, they only have a Proxima. They're not going to go all the way into it. Because, you know, they've never really deep-dived any story. No. Like, if you look at Iron Man's trilogy, Iron Man doesn't touch any of his best stories. No. Or Thor doesn't either. Mm. You know? So, like, um, they'll kind of, it'll kind of like it, but not really. That's the one thing I do dis- dislike about the MCU the most. You gave us Thor the Dark World, but you wouldn't... And that was like a pretty in-depth movie in regards to all that bullshit. But you wouldn't give us the real Ragnarok. I mean, we we got a great movie, but that's I like not... Ragnarok. I enjoyed it, but that's not Thor Ragnarok the comic. Right? right? That was right. a very dark, dark arc and thor's storyline instead we got something that was more motivational you know thor has lightning yeah, it's gotta be wrapped up in two hours because he's got to get to the crossover i guess but so honest, but honestly <laughs> I, I was hoping i was hoping that like loki you know they would everyone would die and then like loki would come back as a woman a hot chick or whatever and be a shapeshifter and like all this stuff and and thor would create create a Asgard out of all the gold in Fort Knox hovering over Oklahoma. Like that kind of stuff is amazing. But they're they're scared. Oh, you know what, man? But it sucks. <laughs> it's not, it really it's it's a painful, it's a lovely but painful thing being a fan when they're adapting your work because at times you're overjoyed and other times you are just so heart-wrenched and and disgusted it's true Um, it's tough it's tough but you know it is what it is but before the hiccups end up murdering you i can see i can see the heartburn in your life and stripping (laughs) you apart we need to call it a night (laughs) and that's our show for fanboy modeling school the greatest podcast on the planet earth steve did you have fun tonight i did have fun make sure to check us out on anchor fanboy modeling school spotify apple music overcast podcast we're there everywhere and, and also you can also find me uh at, on uh you know voice of the fat mantis on youtube where i not only put the you know tidbits of this but other fun and shenanigans and videos like conspiracy theories or video you know reviews of different shows and stuff also you can find me on twitter at mantis comics 
Uh, where can they find you, Stephen? All over the place. Uh, talkingwithadad.com. Everywhere. Everywhere. Mostly talking He's in your dad. backyard right now. <laughs> watching you. But that's our show for the day. I hope you all had fun. Live the dream. Let's hope we survive the civil war that's bound to start. <laughs> you know, I hope you all have a weapon, at least a bat or something. Um, and just please survive it. You know? So that you can listen to more of Fanboy Modeling School. <laughs> Until next time, ciao. For now. Stop